Hi, welcome to this Infocast. My name is John Trevor. I'm one of the board members of the Applied Improvisation Network. We've decided to make this audio Infocast to give you a bit of background as to who we are, what we do and why. This Infocast is being recorded at one of our annual conferences, which move around the world from country to country. We're currently at our 2017 conference, which is taking place in Irvine, California, in the USA. So I'm going to give a bit of an introduction, and then I'm going to interview a few of our current key figures who are also here in Irvine and give them a chance to go a little deeper into our past, our present and our future. So firstly, you might be wondering what exactly is applied improvisation? If you've ever seen any improvised comedy or theatre, be it simple, whose line is it anyway, type games, or more complex, long-form or narrative theatre that's made up on the spot, you might imagine that performers need to be very quick-thinking, witty, funny people with a load of funny lines tucked away in their brains to bring out when the occasion suits. In fact, nothing could be further from the truth. In order to step out on a stage with no script and to entertain an audience without ever knowing what's going to happen next, it takes a particular skill set and mindset that improvisers practice and develop over many years. And these skills include really excellent listening, great supportive teamwork, positive acceptance of others, an upbeat and open approach, close regard for detail, enormous willingness to welcome problems as opportunities, a non-blocking mindset, a sense of fun and adventure, and a whole load more. Many of us who are involved in improv workshops or performances come to realise that these skills also spill over into everyday life and have a positive effect on the way we interact with our family, our friends and with strangers, on how we behave as team members and leaders, on how we deal with failure and adversity, how we approach creativity and many other areas of work and life. So, applied improvisation takes these concepts, ideas and techniques from the world of improvised theatre, comedy and jazz and applies them in other settings. It uses the principles, the practices, the skills and the mindsets developed for improvised performance and uses them instead to enable and encourage personal, social or corporate change. Applied improvisation practitioners run workshops and events for individuals, for groups, for communities and organisations and they introduce these principles through exercises, activities and games. It's an incredibly powerful and effective experiential learning which we find inspires, educates and entertains. Participants find they're having enormous fun while also developing or challenging their thinking. There's a lot of research now showing that an applied improvisation builds trust, increases emotional intelligence heightens creativity, strengthens group and team engagement, encourages collaboration, develops active listening skills, boosts confidence, creates supportive environments. And that's why it's now being used in schools, in universities, prisons, corporations, with disaster relief teams, medical staff, refugees and in countless other situations.
So what is the Applied Improvisation Network? The Applied Improvisation Network, and I'll just call it the AIN from now on, is a global community of over 5,000 members online and numerous local groups who practice or are interested in studying and utilising applied improvisation. You're soon going to hear from some of the other speakers talking more about all the areas in which we work. We host an annual international conference, and between conferences, local and regional groups meet to share and promote best practice. So some of our aims are to promote the practice of applied improvisation, to support members and practitioners, to connect members to each other to foster collaborative working, and to develop methods of best practice. As an organisation, we have some stated values. We believe in the power of applied improvisation to improve the quality of people's lives individually and in groups. We believe that experiencing play and spontaneity through improvisation leads to personal and professional growth. We believe that improvisation's emphasis on generosity, cooperation, trust and experimentation counteracts fear and releases creativity. And that these benefits are open to all people at any age, in any walk of life, and especially those who have never done it before. Enough of my voice. Let's hear from some of the others. My first interview is with Paul Z. Jackson, one of the founders of the AIN and outgoing president after 10 years of service. Paul, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved. Well, thanks, John. And, and yes, that was enough of your voice. And I got involved when I discovered other people doing the thing that I was doing, which was teaching improvisation to people who were not performers. I'd been teaching it to performers for many years and had started then going into management and leadership and other areas to do with my professional work as a trainer and facilitator. And at a conference in Florida in America, I found a couple of other people who were doing the same thing. And in a conversation at the bar, we wondered maybe there were more of us. So we put together an emailing list, which was popular at that sort of time. And eventually, Alan Rostan, the co-founder, organized the first conference in 2002 in San Diego. And about 30 improvisers who wanted to apply that stuff turned up. And many of them are still part of the network today. And how did that become the AIN that we have now? We were a strand in another conference, and they were worried that we would become too big for them. So we had to make a big choice when they threw us out as to whether to keep going on our own or just disband. And we decided we'd, we'd keep going. So we organised our next conference in Toronto and about 100 turned up. So we grew rapidly. And amongst the highlights that we've had have been at least one conference every year, sometimes two in a year, where people have showed up and really generously shared their practice, their case studies, their ideas, and we've developed the field. It was only at the second conference that we called ourselves the Applied Improvisation Network. We, would, we had been the summit for improvisation in business up to then, but we realised quite quickly that it was more than just business. There was humanitarian work, there was personal development, coaching, all sorts of other aspects to applying improvisation. And um, 
Were there any sort of key moments along the way since 1999 and 2017 that are highlights for you of how the organisation has changed or developed? The conference has grown and is definitely the highlight each year. Along the way, we've also had significant moments of having websites and switching websites. So uh, Johnny Moore created the first one. Leif Hansen took us onto the Ning community site. And then we realised we would need a, a new network site a couple of years ago. We've been developing that for a while. Um, having a Facebook group created a huge expansion as well. We had about 4,000 people on the Ning site. There's a 6,000 plus on the Facebook group. So these are people who have expressed at least some interest in what this application of improvisation might be all about. And um, what makes the AIN so special? What kind of organisation is it? Why is it different? Why is it interesting? It is probably one of the rare organisations that is entirely improvisational in that everything is done by volunteers who decide what it is they'd like to do together. So it's a very, very loose structure. There is a board, so we have official status and can file for tax and so forth appropriately. And beyond that, if somebody wants to do something and they can find some other people who are willing to join in, they get up, they do it, and as long as it's connected in some way to the board, then it becomes part of what we do. So local groups and regional groups all around the world each operate in their own ways, however they like to meet, however often they want to meet. And it may be that we start to consolidate that over time and become like a, a well-established proper body, and we may become more respectable as a professional body, uh, but I think it will continue to have that fun element, people making really strong personal connections, a lot of business-to-business that's done within the network, and we're still operating as a professional body that's created that field called applied improvisation, is defining it and sharing what it is amongst ourselves and beyond to the wider world. And yet at the same time, living the improvisational um, attitudes that we believe in and try and get others to do. We have a go at that. <laughs> so lots of collaboration, lots of creativity, lots of um, being in the moment and having spontaneous fun that breaks out in meetings and as our conferences and that we're keen to share with others who also benefit from these ideas and skills. Paul, thank you very much for uh, spending some time with me. Uh, now go and enjoy the rest of the conference. My pleasure. Thanks, John. So the next person I'm talking to is Jeannie Lambin, uh, who's also on the board. Um, Jeannie, just tell us a quick bit about yourself and how you got involved. So the short in short version of how I got involved with improv is that I studied improvisation when I was young and in high school. And then I decided I want to, wanted to kind of go off in the world. And so I went and uh, did other things, got my degree in anthropology and historic preservation, and then worked in that field for years. But what I didn't really realize until more recently was that throughout that entire experience, I was using all the skills that I had learned in improvisation and then applying them to wherever I was working and whatever I was doing at the time. So when I discovered the impl applied or implied applied improvisation <laughs> network, it was really exciting because all of a sudden there was this really vast community of peers to connect with that were using improv in all these really interesting, wonderful, and creative ways.
And so I found out about the organization, went to the conference in Berlin, and ha- they pretty much haven't been able to get rid of me since. <laughs> and so uh, just give it so we've, we spoke to Paul, who's told us a bit about the background of the mm-hmm. AI. And what's the organization itself currently doing? What, what, what's it up to? We are doing a really interesting array of um, activities right now. So one of the things that we have is that anyone who wants to be a member of the organization can be a member. All you have to do is go to our website and sign up. Then we also have another level of membership, which is for those people that want to be certified practitioners. So it's people that are working in the field and there are certain measurements or metrics that you have to meet in order to be recognized as one. But then you have a profile on the website and it's a way for people to connect with you and for you to connect with other people that are practitioners. We also have a very active Facebook community where people post articles about what they're doing, discuss exercises. So someone will say, oh, I'm doing something next week and here's the client base or here's the group that I'm working with. What are some ideas of things to do? And then people respond with this amazing array of ideas and suggestions. And it's a really useful and interesting community of practice. We also have a library that's available to the members of people who are collecting all the the kind of academic type of research in the field, but also just interesting articles about how improv is being applied in all the various ways across the spectrum from business and academia to uh, the social justice aspect, the equity aspect, and things like that. So those are some really interesting things that is offered as part of the organization. And then one thing that's really important to me is that last year we started a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. And it was really clear that it was the time in the organization to start that conversation. So we're in the process of looking at how we can create a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive organization. And so we'll be having some discussions at the conference that we're having now and then using that to create a policy and a plan. And ideally, what we hope is that then that can also be available to other organizations. And part of that, too, is we're gathering information about what other organizations are doing, because there's a lot of people, whether in applied improv or performance-based improv or whatever realm, doing a lot of really interesting work in that realm that we can learn from. Uh, Thank you. You touched on um, membership, and I know there's some discussion going on about um, whether membership should be a paid thing or an open thing. Um, uh, Did you want to just talk a bit about that? Yeah, well, this is one of the really interesting things about where we are in the life of an organization, that we're getting bigger, we have more people who are interested and want to be a part. So what's the next stage and how do we go about that? So do we want to create a paid membership community or do we want to kind of keep it as this more open um, thing? And I don't think that there's absolutely one right or um, correct approach. And so it's a really interesting discussion that we're having right now as an organization. Do we create a membership, a paid membership community? And then what benefit will we give to those members? And then also a very important question is then how do you manage that? Yes. And and, um, how is that decision made in the end? Who makes that decision? So (laughs) it's, it's a collective action. So it's, it's, we, we have a board of directors and we meet usually about once a month and the, the meetings are quite interesting because we have people, uh, I, I think about, we, we span about at least 14 time zones. I don't even know, but someone is up very early and someone's up very late or very early, depending. And so those decisions are made partially at the board level, but it's also in consultation with the people that are the kind of unofficial membership. 
Are there any areas you'd like to see um, the organization expanding into in terms of what it tries to do as an organization? One thing that's really exciting for me and initially kind of why I really wanted to become involved is it, the way I think about improv is that its its roots, especially in the U.S. and in Chicago, it was created as a tool for kind of social action. It was this idea of a as, as a way to bring people together and to help people talk about differences and have a space to explore that and create art and community and understanding based on that. And I think that's one of the most powerful applications of improv. So one of the things that I personally am very excited about for the organization is that there's a growing community of people who are interested in how improv can be applied to help make the world a better place. Fantastic. Jeannie, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, John. Okay, take care. So the next person I'm speaking to is Barbara Tint, who is the incoming president of the AIN. Uh, Barbara, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved. Hi, John. Thanks for doing these. Uh, Well, I'm a psychologist. I'm a professor of conflict resolution. I do a lot of training and consulting in other areas. And like many things, uh, improv was a happy accident. Applied improv was an even happier accident. Uh, I was looking for more creative, joyful, and innovative methods in my own work. And I connected with people doing this. And it so happened the next conference, the next world conference, was in my hometown of Portland, Oregon. And that was in 2009. And I haven't come out since. (laughs) Um, So you're currently taking over uh, the presidency from Paul. How are things shifting and changing now in the AIN? Mm. Well, for one thing, the president will no longer have a British accent. (laughs) So that's critical. Um, They're shifting and growing. Fortunately, Paul is going to remain on the board, so he will continue to be a great support. Uh, It's been very important to have a historical frame for how the organization has grown. I think for me, my interest is in taking the organization to a new level, which I think is parallel to where the field is going, that the field of applied improvisation is really emerging and becoming much more central to how lots of organizations think about their own growth and change and adaptability. And I would like AIN to be parallel to that, which means I want us to be more visible. I want us to be seen as doing work that is highly credible in lots of places. I would like us to be going beyond sort of more business and organization to lots of different arenas. And I would really like to increase our global representation and diversity uh, and and move us beyond sort of a North American Eurocentric focus. Which is preempted by next question. I was going to ask you what your goals and priorities are, and you've sort of touched on that as ah. already. So just tell me a bit about how things have changed since you joined in 2009. I mean, what have you noticed? Uh, Well, that's a great question. Lots of things. Uh, I do think we've already headed in those directions. So when I came on, I think it was much more focused on sort of businesses and organizations. And we've had a partnership with the Red Cross, Red Crescent Climate Center, where we're working with them on developing innovative methods in lots of different arenas, including an online training program. We have members using applied improvisational methods in so many arenas, such as working with disaster preparedness, working with people with autism working with soldiers with post-traumatic stress disorder, working in schools and um, 
special education environment. So we have such a range that I think that growth has been slowly happening. And I also think that we are getting more reciprocal interest. So it's it's people from other worlds who hear about what we're doing um, that has shaped the organization more than improvisers who then began to use these methods. So as an incoming president, what can we expect from your first 90 days? <laughs> uh, sleep. I'll be a lot of sleep <laughs> after this conference. Uh, well, I'm... I also have a goal of having more communication with the community um, that we would like people in the community and in the membership to really see the ways they can get involved, the projects they can tap into. And with an incoming board and a full incoming board of 16 uh, fabulous board members, we're going to tap into everybody's potential and um, creativity. And that includes you, John. So I'm not sure you're going to be getting much sleep after this. Uh, But I, I think the community can really begin to see more ways they can get involved. And I hope they do. Uh, And so my last question is, how is applied improvisation going to change the world? Ah, well, that's another great question. I will first answer by saying the world definitely needs some changing. So we're on the right track. I think that applied improvisation is going to change the world because the more people that know about what we're doing, who participate in what we're doing, One, they change their own lives. And I believe in sort of this notion of changing our own spheres of influence uh, as much as possible and then those spheres connecting to each other. I think we have to continue to use creativity and generosity and understanding and support and innovation to really address these really critical world issues. And it's not magic. It's not a panacea. Uh, But it's a really critical tool that if we can infiltrate lots of the domains in which uh, decisions are made and people are really at risk, then I think we have the potential to change the world. Fantastic. Bob, thanks so much. Uh, I'm going to let you go and enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you, John. And thanks so much for doing this. I can't wait to hear the other podcasts. (laughs) Glad you're staying on the board so at least we have some British accents. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Take care. So uh, the final person I'm talking to is Border Brandy. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Good. <laughs> Who's also on the on the board? Um, uh, board, just tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved. Sure. Well, um, I actually got involved through the improv as a member of the university theatre group, and uh, we did we did so toss around with theatre sports back in. 94. It makes me sound like an old man. Uh, and uh, then I started using improv as part of workshop facilitation, actually, without knowing that there were other people doing this. And that was uh, when I was doing digital media back in 2003, 2002. And then I, I realized the power of this. So I, I founded my own company, Curious, uh, applying improvisation from 2005. So, uh, yeah, perfect. Thank you. Uh, so when did you discover the AIM? Actually, it was more like the AIN and almost discovered me. There was a guy in Norway called Sven, uh, and he's up in Trondheim, and he hosted uh, the, I think, 2008 uh, World Conference in Norway. And I was baffled. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> what, are, what are all these guys doing here? And uh, so, of course, I went up, and, of course, I was totally, I fell totally in love with the, uh, both the community and uh, the aspects of what we're doing. So uh, that's it, and I've been to more or less every conference since. 
Um, so if people want to get involved in the AIN now that they've heard this and want to get more involved in what we do or you know any aspect, what, what should they do? Yeah, great question. Um, first of all, I think the, that you, you just turn on your curiosity uh, and start sort of thinking of yourself as a, already more or less of a member of the community and uh, use the online resources first. I'd say probably go into appliedimprovisation.network and get familiarized with whatever's going on uh, as part of the network. And then also uh, become members of us on, on, in social media. Apparently on Facebook, there's on LinkedIn, uh, there's a Twitter feed, there's a lot of members you'll find on the Applied Improvisation.network site that already has uh, pages and links to what they're doing. So I would say sort of start sort of digesting all the materials that's there. And then, of course, uh, already right now, just start posing your own presence. Start asking the questions uh, and preferably make a profile on, on the AppliedImprovisation.network site. Um, and once you've done that, I, I would assume, like me and very many other people, you want to get out there and meet people because – Improvisation is very about, very much about uh, people coming together, uh, achieving great results, uh, yes, ending each other in real time. So, um, if you're lucky enough uh, to to uh, to be at a place where there's a local group, uh, I'd say go there because these are your peers, these are these are your friends, and never ever be uh, sort of uh, afraid that there's too much competition. So you shouldn't really uh, start meeting other people because they might eat up your business. That's never going to happen. We're swimming in a vast ocean of need. Uh, so uh, so uh, yeah, just meet up with people, share your ideas, share your thoughts, uh, uh, listen in, listen close, and. And, of course, the next level, I'd say, is if you have the time and the opportunity, uh, go to a world conference uh, because that's where you meet your uh, peers. That's where it's an immense opportunity and, uh, to, to, to learn and to share and, of course, also meet the people that you'll uh, become friends with for life. So, uh, yeah. And, of course, also I'd like to, uh, to add in the end, uh, there's a lot of resources on the site. You have books. You have other web pages, uh, anywhere from theater end to, uh, to, the, to the more sort of uh, business end, uh, sort of, uh, of course, with uh, the psychology, the, the, the search and rescue, which I find is very interesting. There's a, a lot of uh, applications or lots of areas you can get involved. Great. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this Infocast. If you'd like more information on Applied Improvisation or the AIN, please go to our website, which is appliedimprovisation.network, where you'll find a whole load of information and resources and loads of opportunities to get involved. Thanks for listening.